It is a month that honors the contributions and sacrifices of African Americans to the shaping of America. It was elevated from a week recognition to a month by President Gerald Ford during the American Bicentennial of 1976. February is Black History Month. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. In 1925, historian Carter G. Woodson launched what he then called Negro History and Literature Week. The purpose was to share and gain visibility of the contributions of African Americans to America that was being excluded from history books and schools. It is set in February, as the month contains the birth dates of slavery abolitionist Frederick Douglass on February 14th, whose two sons at one time resided here in Denver, and the birthday of Abraham Lincoln on February 12th. Both men had been instrumental to the freedom of African Americans. On this edition, we explore Black History Month Colorado style with board member and volunteer docent of the Black American West Museum and Heritage Center, Miss Terry Gentry. I guess the nucleus of the Black American West Museum and Heritage Center was founded on a collection from a barber by the name of Paul Stewart. Is that correct? Is that how it got got launched and started? Yes. Yeah, so to explain, Paul Stewart was born in Clinton, Iowa, and as children, he and his friends would play cowboys and Indians. Sometimes he wanted to play the cowboy. His friends would tell him, there's no such thing as black cowboys. And in 1962, he came out here to visit his cousin, Earl Mann, who was a five-term state legislator. They were walking in downtown Denver, and he met a black cowboy, and that really inspired him. The gentleman he met had a ranch north of Denver and talked to him about what a cowboy was. So he moved back to Denver a few years later and opened a barber shop at East 34th Avenue and Elizabeth Street and would ask his patrons about their family stories, and they started bringing pictures and artifacts to the barber shop. All that outgrew the shop, and he started the museum over at Martin Luther King and Colorado Boulevard at Clayton College oh, he in did. 1971. Sure. Then he moved the museum to the basement of KDKO, our black radio station, for about 15 years. Yeah. And then moved it to the former home of Dr. Justina Ford, the first black woman licensed doctor in Colorado. Her home was moved from 2335 Arapahoe Street to 3091 California Street in 1984. And then Mr. Stewart moved the museum there in 1988. And that's where you are now. And we're still there. Well, you know, the thing about it is that a lot of people think that some of the artifacts or some of the things that Grandma and Grandpa kind of left in the basement had no value. But... People found out they did, especially when they brought it to Paul, and he could say, oh, yeah, this is part of, you know, Black American West history. So people should probably look around those basements and and see what their uh, grandparents may have left because there, there may be a lot of historical stuff still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in context of the items that they have helped to tell the story of our history. Now, Denver is not the only location where African Americans settled in. Colorado. We talk about Denver a lot, but uh, African-Americans have probably left some historical imprints in other communities like Fort Collins, Aspen, Colorado Springs, Grand Junction. What can you tell us about some of the things that may have taken place there or some of the notable people who may have lived in Fort Collins, Aspen, Colorado Springs? We've, we've had folks scattered all over the 
the state, we have, from what we understand, more than 25 black settlements scattered throughout Colorado. Wow. One of the largest black settlements was Deerfield, Colorado, which is 26 miles east of downtown Greeley in northeastern Colorado. Uh, We understand, too, that we've had folks in just every aspect of of business and enterprise and whether they were managing cattle or or had a ranch of some sort or some kind of business so we've had an impact all over the state yeah had a mcdaniel family moved from wichita kansas she was born in wichita and they moved to fort collins and she she lived there for quite a while before she moved to denver Mm-hmm. And for those folks that don't know who Hattie McDaniel is, also a gra- graduate of East High School, was the first black woman to win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Gone with the Wind. Wow. So she came into northern Colorado and then into Denver. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's uh, some wonderful folks working on a museum in her name okay. at the moment. There was an AME church in Grand Junction for a long, long time. So we must have had a significant number of African-Americans that settled there as well. Yeah, one of the more famous churches in Colorado is Handy Chapel in Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have we have black churches scattered all over, up and down the Front Range and a lot of different places. The two oldest black churches in Colorado are Zion Baptist Church and Shorter AME Church. They were both organized in the 1860s. Yeah. Did the museum learner find out what attracted African-Americans to Colorado? Because we hear the stories of African-Americans who settled in Kansas and in Oklahoma for sure, but very little about what brought them further west. I think think you need to look at the broader context of the west because, because we had families and settlements in Nebraska, Kansas, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, Arizona. So all the way west. There's a there's a town in California called Allensworth, California, and he was a chaplain. Alan Allensworth was a chaplain of the Buffalo Soldiers. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the things that helped too is the Buffalo Soldiers were scattered all around the West as well. And and then you had folks coming from from different experiences, and and they might have a few folks, their ancestors or someone here that that encouraged them to come on to this area. It, it's it's not an easy answer to yeah, suggest yeah. why they did it. It's it's a complex number of things that people decided on where they were going to go. Sure. And I and sometimes I wonder if, if folks were headed west. Especially, this this is the Arapahoe Cheyenne territory. So there was a northern route, uh, just north of what would be Colorado, and there was a southern route uh, because of the treaties that we had set up with uh, indigenous people. So, yeah. so different different treaties that we had in place with with uh, the nations of people in the Western United States may have impacted some of those decisions, and knowledge of places and not sure where you're going and and discoveries of things as you're moving west. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, one person, for example, who went to California was Bridget Biddy Mason. 
because her slaveholder had her and 12 other people walking alongside a 150 wagon train to California. That's how she got there. She and these other 12 people walked 1,700 miles alongside the wagon train. 1,700 miles? 1,700 miles. Oh, my goodness. And when they got to California, after they arrived in California, then California became a free state in 1850. And the slaveholder decided they were going to move to Texas. So Bridget Biddy Mason went to court and sued for her freedom and the freedom of the other 12 people that were with her, and she won the case. And they remained in California. So it's not it's not a simple answer about where people landed and why they landed where they did, because you've got to look at the treaties that were in place, sure. look at what what experiences they had in their own lives, uh, where they were coming from as they were heading west to, to determine where they ended up. Yeah. And just a myriad of, of different experiences and understanding about the West. If you're if you're headed along the southern route, then you may push yourself all the way to California, or you may land in Blackdom, New Mexico. There's a black township in Blackdom called Blackdom, New Mexico. Really? So, and there's Mount Bayou, Mississippi, and Bowie, Oklahoma, and, and Oklahoma has the largest number of black town sites back in the 19th century. And as I mentioned, Colorado had more than 25 black settlements. There were black folks that were in southern Colorado, like Manzanares in that area. Manzanares. Now, that was where? Down by La Junta? Uh, yes. Yeah, just about there. And, and it was called the Dry. And so you had black folks down there. And and there were folks in the middle over by Salida. And there were folks near Grand Junction or south of Grand Junction. Sure. So we were just scattered all over the place, just depending on what we could figure out for ourselves. Just mm-hmm. a, a wide range of reasons and places. Yeah, sure, sure. I know there's a lot of legends of black cowboys that were roaming the West. And then we talked about the Buffalo Soldiers. Now, they weren't cowboys. They were military. But uh, the Pony Express was largely African-Americans, which rode through here carrying mm-hmm. the mail. Is that correct? Yeah, we had Pony Express riders, but we also have to consider the the Buffalo Soldiers were taking care of all kinds of things, too. They were escorting wagon trains. They mm-hmm. were helping to to uh, hang the cables. They were our first forest rangers up at Yellowstone National Park. Oh, they were? Yes. Wow. I didn't uh, we, know that. Had, we had Buffalo Soldiers at Fort Garland, Colorado. I think we had a few up here in Fort Lupton. Yeah, we had Fort Garland the first was regiment one of the first... was at Fort Riley, Kansas, of uh, uh, the Ninth Cavalry, and and the Buffalo Soldiers were scattered all over the West in different capacities. So that's that's some of the influence and the choices that people made with where they located because their their spouses were were stationed in places all <laughs> over the West. So that also influenced it too. Black History Month uh, started with the Negro History Week uh, uh, put in February because Frederick Douglass's birthday was there and Abraham Lincoln's was there. But, Correct. And, and I bring them up because I think we had two the two sons of Frederick Douglass settled in Denver for a while. What do we know about their time here? Yes, uh, Frederick Jr. and Louis Douglass actually had a mortuary down on Welton Street in addition to a school. 
and and we can track them through the 1860s here. They may have left in the 1870s and went back east. But while they were here, they made a major impact on our community. One of the things that they did, there were more than 100 black men that signed a petition when Colorado applied for statehood in 1864. Yeah. These men signed a petition demanding the right to vote become part of Colorado Constitution, and they sent that to Congress, and the Douglas brothers were part of that. Ah, oh, really? Yes, yes, they were, and uh, Barney Ford and and several other men, Henry Wagner, mm-hmm. and just a lot of other men that were part of that history. So they sent the petition to Congress, and Congress reviewed our uh, the numbers in the state and said our numbers were too small. Plus, uh, Andrew Jackson vetoed our desire to become a state as well. He was vetoing everything in his sight. And so hmm. we weren't able to garner our state, uh, become a state until 1876. But right. we sure did put the effort forward in 1864, which is a tough year for Colorado because that's also the Sand Creek Massacre out on the Eastern Plains as mm-hmm. well. So there were a lot of things happening here in 1864. We could spend a, a semester on the, the events that occurred, you know, in that that time frame in Colorado, just such a variety of things happening and a lot of pain and suffering for folks. On this edition, we are learning some of the contributions made by African Americans to the shaping of Colorado as we recognize Black History Month with board member and volunteer docent of the Black American West Museum and Heritage Center, Miss Terry Gentry. We will continue our conversation with her on our next edition. Now, you, as well, can learn more online at B-A-W-M-H-C. That's B-A-W-M-H-C dot org. Or, better yet, this summer, visit the museum across from the L-Line light rail station at 3091 California Street. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get vaccinated for yourself and your family's health. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.